Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. If you want to believe for one second that Providence has only fouled one time in 12 minutes, I got a bridge to sell you in Fremont, Nebraska, over an ocean. For those of you not familiar, Fremont, Nebraska is nowhere near an ocean. Live from 50th and Capitol Avenue in the Big O, this is Mornings with Sharp and Handley on 1620 The Zone, 1620thezone.com, and 1620thezone TV. Now here's Gary, Nick, and Jimmy. Hey guys, great to see you. Hey, you guys know I learn something every day from John Bishop. I mean, if I would have had John Bishop earlier in my life and we didn't meet until the mid-90s, I would be so much smarter because I did not know that Fremont was next, not next to an ocean. I mean, that's why I tune into 1620 The Zone to get educated. Well, they have a very large large lake out there, Gary. Yeah, they they do, but I don't – I mean, Fremont Fred wouldn't tell us that that's an ocean. (laughs) That's true. No one's Uh, mistaken that. Welcome in, everybody. It's a uh, Thursday morning, a uh, split show. I am in the uh, state of North Dakota, where it's 47 degrees. Get out of here. Yeah, and the first time I've ever been up here, because Omaha men's basketball, uh, which is the Switzerland, it's the only thing that people are like, hey, all right, that's good, compared to last night's hoops. Uh, Omaha opens up a huge weekend. Tonight, they take on first place North Dakota in Grand Forks, and then on Saturday against North Dakota State. But uh, as we were uh, making our way up yesterday, there's no snow on the ground. First time I've ever been up this way, and there's absolutely no snow, and it's 47 degrees right now in the state of North Dakota. So with bad hotel coffee, good morning, boys, back in (laughs) Omaha. Yeah, is that freaking people out up there? I mean, I'm sure they're celebrating it, but in a way, that's got to make you feel like, gosh, this global warming thing, something's happening. Something's going to happen that's going to like really change the trajectory of the world right now if you go up to North Dakota and you don't see that. I have no idea, but people here are happy. Um, so never did I think, first of all, it, it was a week ago today that we talked about Groundhog Day. Didn't last night feel like Groundhog Day watching Creighton play, yep. shot the ball well like they did against Butler, mm-hmm. lost in overtime. Nebraska, which looked like the recipe for getting a blow, being blown out on the road, that looked exactly the same. I thought... Wow, where's Bill Murray? He, where's he mm-hmm. going to come out from behind the curtain? Bad <laughs> night of hoops last night. Uh, but I, people are angry. There's a lot of anger today. Whether you be Bishop is fighting with a troll on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> you know, Creighton is upset at the officials. Uh, everybody is upset at the TV broadcast last night. Why the hell was the game on FS2? <laughs> Dave Sims and Donnie Marshall, they blow. Um, I mean, just there's so much anger. Never did I also think, guys... That on a night like last night where, you know, you got Creighton and Nebraska going simultaneously, that it would be Nebraska football news from yesterday that might be the uniting thing that makes people makes people happy. That's not supposed to happen. Uh, not typically, no. And uh, so I don't know if you heard this. I'm not doing this ever again. 
Now, this was also one of the road trips that you had, so you probably didn't hear it earlier. I actually said I, I'm going to say Nebraska's going to break the road jinx against Maryland. That didn't happen. I said yesterday, yep, why not? It's going to happen. That didn't yeah. pass 820. So I, I'm, I'm not doing that again. So if you want to direct your angst, you can do so at me because the last two times I've actually said Nebraska's going to get off the schneid on the road. It has not happened. In fact, it's looked really, really ugly. Um, you know, the one thing about Bishop, and, and I, I've noticed this now the last few games on the road, He's sitting right next to Marcus Blossom, so he's doing all of this, and he's getting he's getting animated. I, I wonder what Marcus Blossom's thinking. Like that's our guy right there, man. <laughs> there is followed uh, by worse there, Fremont. Uh, the, the Bishop's going to get into a fight before the season's <laughs> over. Yep. They still have to go to Villanova. They'll be in Cincinnati. That mm-hmm. place will be uh, rocking. Uh, but as I, as I watched both of those games last night, and. So Creighton loses again to a team that is fighting for their postseason life. And Creighton couldn't get stops when they needed them. And Providence, that's, guys, without Bryce Hopkins, I don't care if they have Devin Carter, who is a dude, and Oduro. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not a great team. But that was a desperate team that beat a team that, you know, went through the month of January, 7-1, and one, and we were going, hey, Good job. Good job. You're back. Mm-hmm. Well, they got beat by a team that wanted it more. That's the same thing that happened in Nebraska last night. They got beat by a team that wanted it more and just hammered Nebraska. That's that's what I saw last night is Purdue and Northwestern are playing for their NCAA lives. Yep. And they had two home games and both of them play really well at home. And they play, they balled out to find a way to win a basketball game, whether it be in overtime or essentially once the ball went up in the air, Northwestern had Nebraska beat. Yep. Yeah, and and the, the two things that stick out more than anything, and first of all, if you remember against Northwestern at home, everybody, you know, we talked about this a lot yesterday, was the, the two phases that Fred talks about that they have to be at least winning one of them, and they did nothing even close to that yesterday. Uh, the Being out-rebounded, this is not a long, lengthy Northwestern team. I mean, there was a reason Nebraska was able to to really take care of them actually pretty handily on the boards in Lincoln, and yet you still give up 13 offensive rebounds in that one yesterday. You turn the ball over 17 times. Now, Nebraska was sloppy with the basketball against Northwestern uh, previously at, at home, but they were able to hold on and win that game. But at least, again, they had that advantage. I, I, it just Gary, this is the, the thing that maybe – I, I shouldn't be surprised with it because you do see this a lot, and we know it's not going to change. Okay, this is what Nebraska is. But even when it looks like they have everybody accounted for when it comes to a shot going up, even when they get a rebound defensively, it looks like one of the most challenging things. Like Usually it's ping-ponging around from a couple of different hands from the opposition and Nebraska before they actually even secure it. So even when they're getting rebounds, it doesn't look like, oh, yeah, they're just they're, they're owning their area. They're getting the ball. They're, they're chinning it, and they're ready to get the pass out and, and start the, the, the transition game. Like, that part of it I'm watching last night, even from the early set of, of oh, oh, God, we know how this is going to go. Please take care of the basketball because I think in the first five minutes we saw, I think, at least two offensive rebounds. That, that It's just not a good omen. I know it's not going to change, but I, last night it hit me that even when they do get a rebound, it looks extremely challenging. Yeah, and especially when you decided to go big with a lineup. Yep. You took Lawrence out of the lineup for the first time yeah. in 23 games. You went big, and you still got beat on the boards. Mm-hmm. My problem with Nebraska last night is 
Nebraska looked exactly the same as they've looked on the road outside of Champaign on Sunday, where they fought and they played hard and they played winning plays. Last night, they looked drained from the start. Yeah. And, you know, I know that it's back-to-back overtime, but Northwestern played back-to-back overtime games. Nebraska looked spent when that game started. And I'm thinking, did they make a mistake by flying back on Sunday to Lincoln, being in Nebraska mm-hmm. for a couple of days, then flying back to Chicago? I don't know. I'm not here to make excuses. Nebraska was bad last night, and they got beat by a team that – wants to help their resume in the NCAA tournament. But the recipe for a road blowout, which Nebraska has perfected, Hoiberg is going to be on like the next great chef because he knows how to have a road blowout. He has the cookbook all set up. That's exactly what they did last night. I mean, I was, until late in the game, they had no fight. And they just, they were getting abused. Tominaga was getting trolled. And I'm like, I, I thought we were getting over the hump. I understand. It's tough to, to win on the road. It's tough to win on the road in college basketball. But you you went back to what you look like mm-hmm. essentially against Maryland, against Wisconsin, where your perimeter defense got lost, your communication broke down, you couldn't grab a rebound, and you had no flow offensively. Right. I mean, that was – the season's not over. You know, and I, I've already said Nebraska's in the tournament. Don't play yourself out. But, boy, when you have performances like that, that's a bad loss. That's just a bad loss on how it looked coming together against Northwestern, who had Boo Booey, and mm-hmm. they played harder than Nebraska. That's the bottom line. They played harder than Nebraska. And that that was, to me, the more remarkable thing about Northwestern's sense of urgency. You would think that, and, and you kind of mentioned, what both Creighton and Nebraska saw last night. Northwestern, they're fine. They're, they're going to be in the NCAA tournament. They're fine. Yet they did play with a sense of urgency. They played with desperation. They played like a team that was pissed off that they lost in Lincoln. Boo Boo, he played like a guy who was bottled up in Lincoln, and he was not going to let that happen. I talked about this yesterday, that watch two guys in the, the early parts of this game, and it might tell you exactly what you're going to see in this game, and that was how is Casey out of the first eight minutes, and how is Boo Booey in the first eight minutes? Boo Booey was getting shots. He was not going to be... He, he wasn't going to be confined this time. And, and I think that showed me not only a guy, but also a team that regardless of where they are in the NCAA tournament conversation and seating-wise, that they're not happy with that. They're a team that, uh, again, I think that it, yeah, as simple as that, they wanted it more. And this is the, the disappointing thing about Nebraska and watching that game last night is for a team that we know is a much different team at home I wanted to believe, like you did, that what they did Sunday against Illinois was maybe kind of a light bulb moment of, hey, okay, yeah, they lost the game, but you know, even when some things aren't going down, maybe things aren't being called, they're still able to fight through it. Like you're right, this was old Nebraska, and then I'm looking at what happened before them, where I know this this team feels like when they're at home, they're invincible, and I I, I hope that that confidence always continues regardless of what happens on the road. I hope that is a trend that just is always going to be the case for Nebraska. But then I watch Michigan pull off an upset against Wisconsin thinking, okay, that team's coming to Lincoln. They're going to be feeling pretty good about themselves. Nebraska has had the ability and has shown throughout the season that they can shake that part of it off, that mental part of it off, and play to the home crowd. But fatigue, you know, the stretch of games and, you know, just as Fred has said, when they look like this being punked on the road and playing a team that essentially feels like they've got nothing to lose at all in Michigan – that becomes interesting. It's just it's not yeah. a great look. Doesn't give you a great feeling going into the weekend. And and this is where Gary we talked about. These are now you're now in that stretch of games where 
okay, you like Nebraska's chances, but if you slip, that's why if you win last night, you give yourself a little bit of a backstop there. Now you're looking at what is a very, very delicate part of your schedule of, sure, you're probably going to be favored in some of these games, but if you lose one, then things start getting a little bit nerve-wracking for your NCAA tournament uh, prospects. Yeah, you you do it to yourself, and and Nebraska did that last night. Now, I've already looked this morning at a couple of brackets, and Nebraska really hasn't changed much. Um, You know, Northwestern is – Northwestern's going to age very well over the course of the season. The, the thing that Nebraska, you do it to yourself is you play with fire. When you have these kind of performances where you have a little fight and it's a one-sided game, you, you know, you're trying to play against a bad out-of-conference strength of schedule mm-hmm. and no wins on the road. Yep. So you're trying, to, you're trying to help your resume on the other side. And yes, Purdue and Wisconsin do help you, but Nebraska's got to help themselves because they have, they've now started to play with some fire. They have four of their next seven, or their last seven are at home. They only played two games in the next 10 days. No excuses. Mm-hmm. Now, you bring up Michigan, and that's a bad loss for Wisconsin last night. Yep. Michigan finally had a lead at halftime, and they held on, and they won that game, and they snapped a five-game losing streak. They won't have McDaniel when they come into Lincoln on Saturday because he's serving the road suspension. He had 16 last night. But you got to help yourself. There's no more excuses, and there's no guarantee. And I've been a big proponent of, hey, Nebraska's in the tournament, but there's no guarantee that in a seven-game stretch we can sit here and go, oh, they're going to go five and two Mm -hmm. because they haven't done that. So you're playing with fire, and you have to prove it to yourself that you are an NCAA team, which I believe they are. But last night puts a little bit of doubt in my head just because of the way they played. They didn't have fight. They looked drained in the first half, and Northwestern could do whatever they wanted against them. I mean, they were down 21. They never led in that game. Nope. Give me something. Give me a fight. Give me let's get to that final media timeout, and this game is still close. Not let's get to the final media timeout, and Nebraska's in scramble mode trying to make sure they don't get beat by 21. That's That was disappointing last night. They got punked. Um, for Creighton, here's the thing about that game is – They, in certain spots, got punked because Providence was tougher. Providence wanted that game. Providence plays in a building that, man, I got to be there. I wish they would not have changed it from the uh, Dunkin' Donuts Center. That atmosphere in Providence is off the charts. And and, 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 and Providence plays – It's a you know, Rhode Island is a mafia town. I mean, (laughs) Providence is a mafia town. Right. Okay? (laughs) So there's a lot of mafia in in Providence. And it's a – you know, it's a blue-collar town. That's a blue-collar basketball team that the crowd gets going, they get up into your shorts, they let them play a little bit, and that's how Providence works last night. But tell me this, if you're, if you're Creighton, and, you know, I mean, Creighton, that's not a ding, but all of a sudden you're 7-5 and five in the Big East. If I would tell you that what is more believable here, Nick and Jimmy, that Creighton would shoot 25 of 54 from three-point range in the last two games and be 0-2, or Creighton defensively in back-to-back games would give up 99-91 and despite scoring 98-87. and The second one right there. I think you nailed it. I mean, the the three-point efficiency is one thing, but this is the one thing even that was more remarkable about the Butler loss was what Creighton had shown throughout the year defensive efficiency-wise and that now you've lost back-to-back games that way, where this isn't a team that we're looking at and saying, 
Well, yeah, but Creighton is god-awful defensively. That hasn't been the M.O. So that is completely playing against the trend right now as, as far as what Creighton has given up despite how well they've shot. Like, And you've seen it. You've, you've, you've watched and covered enough college basketball that typically when you're having an off night defensively, that'll carry over into your offense as well. Uh, defensively, if you're having breakdowns, your offense maybe isn't as crisp. So you kind of see everything kind of implode right there. For Creighton, the offense, even at times, has almost been to the point that like they can't miss. Like the, the first part of that game, both of those teams couldn't miss. And then when you can't get a stop, you, you feel like sometimes that disappointment is going to kind of settle into your offense too, and you're going to maybe feel a sense of urgency. Maybe you're going to rush some shots. Maybe you're going to get away from your system. And that really hasn't been the case for Creighton. They've pretty much stayed true to what they're trying to do. I mean, the last couple possessions were a, a great indicator other than the the illegal screen by Kalkbrenner yeah. when you had Ashworth coming off of like the set the offensive sets were still there so I, I give them credit from that standpoint of even when your defense is breaking down or a team is just scorching hot that they're still sticking to their offense and they're still sticking true to the identity but I got to ask the question is is that defense now starting to become a bit of a problem it's one thing when a team is shooting lights out against you in one game out of maybe you know a handful of games but you're starting to see some offensive success. And it, now it, it was on the road last night, but we've also seen it at home lately too. And this is where I was bringing this up yesterday, Gary, is you're starting to see these teams, Nebraska and Creighton, and then we'll see Omaha big game tonight, obviously, taking on the identity of what they're going to be. And there's going to be things that maybe you like, things that you can kind of hang your hat on as far as conference postseason and, and hopefully NCAA tournament postseason play for anybody. But also you kind of look at what could keep them from ultimately reaching that potential. Yep. And for Creighton, we know what that, that expectation is. That expe- expectation is you at least got to get into the second weekend. Defensively, are they a team right now that you trust can get there? Yeah, I think last night, both Blue Nebraska and Red Nebraska, they are exactly who they are. Their identity should up like one lost in overtime, a four-point game. The other got beat on the road at Northwestern. For Nebraska, the lack of athleticism isn't going to change. Nope. The fact that if Tominaga is not hitting threes, I don't know how much of a value he is to you. The lack of communication when things get a little bit tight. The recipe for a road blowout where you don't rebound really well. Nebraska, to win games, needs somebody to get on a heater. Mm-hmm. And then they need to bring a friend along. They need a wheelchair or a mast. Last night, they didn't have mast. Yep. Mast didn't even score in the first half. So where were they going to go for offense? Mm -hmm. So they need to get somebody on a heater offensively because they're not able to stack back-to-back nights of, hey, I can count on Bryce Williams to give me 15, Master's going to give me a 10 and 10, Tomanaga is going to give me 14. There's also the the issue with um, Nebraska when it comes to that's what their identity is. Because they lack athleticism, they don't have a five that stands around the rim and blocks shots or rebound basketballs. They have a five that plays – at the top of the key. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but in this case, they don't have anybody else outside of Gary that goes and gets you a rebound. Right. Is N- Nebraska's issue is Nebraska to win games has got to play so hard. Yes. They've got the, the Boo Booey got locked up in Lincoln because Sam Hoiberg and Jamarcus Lawrence went balls to the wall on defense against him and Bowie couldn't throw it in the ocean. Last night, Nebraska didn't work as hard on him and he got loose a little bit more, especially on the perimeter where he had space and he was draining shots. So that's Nebraska's identity. For Creighton's identity, 
their big three are going to get going. The big three is going to put up a lot. Again, you, you wasted a, a heck of a performance by Shireman. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to their defense, you know, they don't force a lot of turnovers. You saw Providence last night, especially Devin Carter, is he's a pick six machine. Yeah. You know, they're going to take the ball away and they're going to put it in at the other end. That's not Creighton. Creighton is hoping that you'll take a bad shot, that, they'll, that you'll miss, that they'll get the rebound, and they'll turn it into transition points. So they don't get the extra possessions. That's been there all year. So all the angst of last night, it comes to the forefront that that's who both teams are. You know, that's their identity. And it's February 8th. We are, what, five five weeks away yeah. from a, a, a bracket? These issues that showed up last night are something that you don't see that have been fixed. So I think they're there. You just try and go with the opposite to overcome, whether it be shoddy defense where a team shoots lights out and you're not getting turnovers, or you're sloppy with your turnovers. Creighton's problem last night was live ball turnovers. Or Nebraska, which is simply, man, you got to have effort. you got to go all the way to the wall every single game for that team to have success. Yeah, and and that's the thing about – maybe it's more frustrating about Nebraska when I think about – who they're getting out-rebounded by, and teams that they've actually been okay against. Now, again, they were okay against Northwestern at home, but remember that Ohio State game, and you know it's the common denominator. They were at home, but Ohio State coming into that game when they played in Lincoln was one of the better rebounding teams in all of the conference and in one of the top 25 in all of college basketball, and Nebraska completely negated that. I mean, they weren't even a factor. Ohio State wasn't on the on the glass. And when you talk about effort, I think whether you're talking about Pop Warner basketball, you're talking about uh, AAU, you're talking about high school, college, it, that's effort. Pop Warner basketball? Yeah, is there Pop Warner? I don't how, know. High, how high is the rim in that league? <laughs> Little league basketball? <laughs> They're played on six-foot rims? But, uh, I mean, any, any coach feet. is always going to tell you that's effort. You don't have to be a talented person to be able to box out and box out space. You need to know, just get to a body, and you, you put your butt into them, and you, and you occupy your space. So if they are getting even a taller individual, if they're getting over you, well, then hopefully you'll get the over-the-back call. So that, to me, is an effort thing uh, more than anything. But you're right as far as having your biggest guy out on the floor is not always playing in the paint. But those, to me, are effort things when it comes to Nebraska. I'm not trying to say that they should be out-rebounding all these teams, especially ones that are gifted with length you know, from the one to the five. But when it comes to teams like Northwestern, who's not this overly long team, but they're getting after the glass. And teams know that now, too. They're crashing yeah. because they know Nebraska cannot do that. They cannot box them out. So that is the big M.O. When I look at Creighton, too, the other part that you didn't bring up that I I've, that I think we've seen now for the past couple of months, I think Ryan Kalkbrenner's presence at the rim was a major deterrent for a long time. I think there is a, there's now that idea that if you have at least a physical big guy, you don't even have to match him height-wise, and very few can, but if you have a physical big guy, you know going in, yeah, you're going to have a couple shots turned away, but you keep taking it to him. You keep taking it to him, and eventually you'll get him into some positions where either he's under the rim, you yeah. can use that as protection. And I, you saw Duro do that a lot last night, too. Arduro's six foot nine, but he's physical. He plays bigger, and he was relentless down low, too. He didn't care. He was throwing his weight around. I think that's another thing that for teams that Creighton plays when you have big men that do not match the size of Ryan Kalkbrenner, they know if they can be physical – and they can accept that, yeah, every now and then a shot, because I'll, I'll give Ryan Kalkbrenner a lot of credit. He doesn't he doesn't buy on the shot fakes. He's very disciplined with his feet. He typically goes straight up. It's why he's very good at turning shots away. 
But if you continue to kind of get into him and get into him, you get him into some very vulnerable positions. Yeah, Kalkbrenner has to own last night. That's not a good look. That's not a good look at all mm-hmm. because Aduro challenged him. Yep. You know, the first meeting, Kalkbrenner won. He's a defensive player in the Big East. Okay, the second meeting last night, he took it to him and he won that battle big time. That was a big L for Creighton in that category last night. And even more so, Providence is going to play away until they're officiated not to play that way. Yes. And they're going to be physical. And you got to understand, if if Providence and their MO is to be physical, especially in that building where I think the crowd gets going and it influences how they play, how the game is managed, is if you're going to let them play that way, they're not going to stop. And – you know, last night, and I would be curious on on how people thought that game was officiated. Um, you know, there were some calls late in the game both ways that you could, you know, you could die on a hill for. Yeah. But for the most part, they just let them play Big East basketball and beat the crap out of each other. And I don't, it's tough. It's not aesthetically pleasing. But yet I'm thinking, man, we just had a 91-87 game with some elite shot making on both sides. But mm-hmm. back to Kalkbrenner is Oduro challenged him. Kalkbrenner's got to wake up this morning and go, that's a bad L on me. I'm the defensive player in the Big East. Now I need some help. And their drop coverage changes a little bit on how he can get to the rim and rebound and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, we can go on and on about on, on where he gets some help. But Oduro challenged you. He went 32-12. But Providence challenged Creighton in the paint. They got into the paint for 46 points last night. Yeah. you got to own that. And you're right, Nick. That's an issue for Creighton that if you have somebody like Oduro that once you get a little success because he had he 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 had struggled a bit mm-hmm. he had success and they like let's just keep feeding the beast and that's what they did uh, last night. So again, I think both teams that played last night are exactly who they are and will be. It's just how do you overcome those? How do you have the the pieces to, you know, not have a recipe for a road blowout or when you have an incredible offensive performance, especially with the big three, you don't waste it on the other end mm-hmm. because you gave it to them with careless turnovers. I mean, Creighton, careless live ball turnovers. Last night, Nebraska, same thing. The same damn thing with 35 feet away from the basket. They make these lazy passes. Yep. What are they doing? Well, and, and the other thing with Nebraska that was infuriating is it, the game started to kind of tease you because I guarantee you everybody last night they were – they were staying in on this thing until the very end, at least until the last four minutes, because he kept thinking, all right, they overcame a 19-point deficit a week ago against Wisconsin. We know road Nebraska is different than home Nebraska, but they've at least earned that. Let's keep seeing if something will happen. And then, you know, then they would get to, to 12, and then Northwestern would hit a shot. Then they would get to 10, and then Northwestern would hit a shot. But during that stretch where it, you knew it was vital for them to at least get to like the eight-minute media where it'd be a single-digit game, they had so many looks inside. Like they, like even even like Jawan Gary and like guys that you really like that can get inside and usually hit those shots. Like they had a lot of high-percentage shots inside that were not falling. And that, I will actually say, has been, for the most part, I think, masked from Nebraska. But we saw that early in the season and some of their struggles on the road that – they were missing a lot of bunnies. I feel like for the most part, they've kind of overcome that even on the road. When they're struggling on the road, it's not necessarily missing those types of shots. That was happening last night too. So again, there was something that was kind of an old issue that sort of crept up. And I'll ask you this one, because I don't think Fred did this on purpose, but when he spoke on Monday, 
or maybe it was, uh, yeah, it would have been Monday when he talked on the network. He had, he had mentioned, and he even mentioned it after the game on Sunday, about their schedule, the quick turnaround. And you even brought it up. Maybe it was a mistake to go back to Lincoln and then go back out to Chicago. But he did bring up that stretch of schedule where, yeah, obviously they're going to be tired, back-to-back overtime games. It was something that he acknowledged just in the way that they were going to prepare, where they went very light on Monday, then they were going to go hard on Tuesday before the yeah. game. I don't know if he sort of set us up for the type of overall effort you did see I mean I have no problem being critical because everybody's going through stretches like this and they're finding a way to win I mean you mentioned it Northwestern they just look like a a much better team energy wise and they've also gone through some overtime swings here so maybe we shouldn't be so surprised that they were they were sluggish as as much as they were I'm just so surprised that they were that sluggish right out of the gate yeah that's especially with what was on the line now Mm -hmm. So they played four games in 12 days. Two of those were overtime games. Now they get two in the next 10. They get Michigan at home on Saturday, which is not even debatable about what has to happen. Yeah. And then, and then, and then you have to, you, you wonder about Creighton. I mean, Creighton's played a lot of basketball and they're not playing a lot of people. They're what, 351st in the country in bench minutes. Yeah. And you had two guys that played 45 minutes last night. You know, I'm going to be hard on Kalkbrenner because he's a defensive player of the year, and he can't get owned like that. But he played 42 minutes last night. Yep. You know, they tried to bring Jason Green in. Jason Green gave you a little spurt. Mm-hmm. I, Mason Miller is probably, you know, probably not not hanging on the trust tree right now. Farabello seems to be with the other four on the floor. Um, Isaac Trout you know, gave you, what, a few minutes? Yeah, it's just it, – Two it's, games? It's that time of the year. It's, it's not, you know – you, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel, and how do you manage it? And here's with Creighton's deal. You know, and this is the Big East. I mean, the Big East is a, a, a beast outside of uh, relegated DePaul. Is every night is going to be like this, and especially when you play teams that have – they want a Creighton win on their resume, mm-hmm. and they've got to have that to be sexy when they get to March if the rest of the resume isn't so appealing. Yeah. So people are playing hard. You're going to find out another thing on Saturday. That's the – that's the thing now. Now this is where Mac, Mac comes into play. I don't think Creighton is very good as a front-running team. When a lot of people are like, "Man, that's Creighton. That's great. This yeah, is awesome." I'm right there with you. I don't think they're very good. Mm-hmm. I think when the chips are down, Mac is better. Yep. Well, I'm telling you, they've lost two games in a row, and I'll be very curious to see what the line is Sunday or Saturday in Cincinnati. Xavier is playing well since they lost in Omaha, and mm-hmm. you remember. That's a game where Sean Miller had a meltdown and Butler was right in that with Creighton on the road. They've won three in a row. They got a key victory last night. And also in the Cintas Center, you know how Creighton plays in there. Yep. So for the next couple of days, this is all about Mac. And this is where I think Mac shines is when the when when Creighton is being doubted. And I'm not saying people are like, well, they're out of the tournament. No, but they've lost two in a row. And you're like, oh boy, are we hitting the wall? Yeah. What, um, what's your trust and, level and, with Creighton? Right and, now? And, 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 and you know what? Nebraska kind of in a, in a much different light where we don't say Nebraska basketball is a front runner. You know, how does Nebraska deal with success? Mm-hmm. Now it seems like they, they bounce back from failure. Well, last night was a big failure. So Saturday is a huge, huge day of basketball in a rebound for both of these teams facing one team in Michigan that is a long way away from even talking about the NCAA tournament and for Creighton, who's going to play a team that they need a Creighton win on their resume. Yeah, it's a great time. Of the, it's yeah. a great time of the year. And again, as we started the show, 
Who would have thought that on this Thursday morning, Matt Rule would make us happier than our basketball? I know. Yeah, a lot, a lot of good stuff yesterday, too. But I, I will say this about Nebraska real quickly, too. When you mention Creighton, what they're seeing as far as opponents and teams that are trying to get that, that Creighton win on their resume, and so you're getting their best effort. We feel, I think we all feel good about where Nebraska is, but what's wrong with seeing Nebraska play like that too? Play with that sense of urgency. Play like that team that is fighting for their spot until they're leaving absolutely no doubt. I mean, I'm, you probably saw it last night too. Seth Davis is, is now chiming in on, on Nebraska saying how they were getting worked at, at Northwestern and they've got a couple of good uh, home wins, but they're you know, 0 for the conference right now. You know, bringing that up, like there, there's a tension now that's kind of being brought up to Nebraska when they look like that. I, I just, I, I would prefer to see them look like that team that Creighton seems to be facing almost every night in the Big East, a team that has a sense of urgency, a team that's desperate, a team that doesn't feel like they're 100% in on the NCAA tournament. And so they're playing accordingly. Uh, last night was the furthest thing away from that. And I, I think, you know, I expect them Saturday to look like home Nebraska, but now you're getting to that point of you have zero, zero margin for error, considering that if you lose any of those games, how devastating that could absolutely be. I assume they respond well on the road, but they are, they're also going to have some of those quad three games on the road as well. How are they going to respond? I mean, you got, you got to get one of those. Yeah. Nebraska clearly after last night's performance, and remember they were six and a half point underdog going into that game. Mm -hmm. They've started to play with some fire is now you got four of the last seven that are at home. If you are what I think you are is one of the 32 at large, you prove it over the next seven yep. games. All right. Um, we will talk more about what happened last night. Uh, uh, Omaha basketball. Everybody can love Omaha. Omaha's battling for a chance to be in first place tonight. Yeah, that unites uh, us. They, they take out, hey, it's Matt Rule and Omaha men's basketball yep. that is uniting blue and red Nebraska today. Yep. Uh, we will talk about yesterday – the clear, direct, and confident head football coach who may have just got in his element and started just to say some things yesterday, in my opinion. Matt Rule spoke about his recruiting class, and among other things, uh, Nebraska had a good day yesterday in football, a really good day in football. They were, that's what makes us happy. That's yeah. supposed to make us angry. Nebraska football should make yeah. you happy after uh, yesterday. We'll dive into that. A little bit later, Sarah Baker Hansen uh, will uh, join the show. Steve Sipple stops in at 8.30. Sip had an interesting tweet about expectations last night. Uh, I would hope that you'd get into that discussion with him, Nick. Uh, and also <laughs> Brian Edwards as we are inching closer to the Super Bowl, which just goes on and on. It's like the longest week in Vegas. It is. The game can't get here uh, soon enough. So we'll do all that. As we, uh, we roll till 10 on this uh, Thursday morning, Nick and Jimmy are back in the studio. I'm in uh, the state of North Dakota for Omaha men's basketball on the weekend. The lineup brought to you by the Rooferees at John Higgins Weather Guard. You probably didn't like the Rooferees last night if you were watching the Creighton Providence game. I'm just curious, do people like that style if it's just let them play or you want everything called? Because it's a little mixture of both. Yeah, I'll take the first one. I'm gonna always take. The I'm first always. One. I'm gonna lean on the side of swallow the whistle unless it starts to get egregious where the game is getting out of hand. The only thing because I, a, I lot of shit. a lot of people talking about the Ashworth three pointer that probably drew some contact, which I do think he did. His defender actually came into him. It wasn't just straight up. It where Ashworth went into him. That could have been called. But the thing is, it really hadn't been called throughout the game. Like there, there was yeah. there was an abundance of moments where they probably could have blew the whistle and they didn't the only thing i didn't like that did go against creighton 
Kalkbrenner made it a little bit easier, though. Is that a legal screen? But when you bring the hands up like that, it was almost too obvious. But again, with the flow of the game, are you calling a lot of those contact uh, situations they weren't? So that was one that was maybe a little inconsistent. But again, when you bring the hands up like he did, and he's obviously a big target, maybe it made that call easy for the official. Yeah, let's uh, let's discuss what happened uh, last night. Nine five one sixteen twenty. That's the uh, forty two degree source uh, hotline. You can always email us into the Equitable Bank inbox where Doug is up and early and he is chiming away at the oh, keyboard. Yeah. He looks like he's working at the airport deeply. <laughs> uh, Gary at sixteen twenty the zone dot com. Handley sixteen twenty the zone dot com. Uh, also the JTech Construction Zone Twitter feed at Gary Sharp sixteen twenty. At Nick Handley sixteen twenty. All right, we'll get to the phones. We'll get to the conversation. Uh, Nick, Jimmy, Gary, it's Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 